Hello, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast, episode 21. I'm here with Tevin Govindasamy. He's a former okay. welterweight champion from me, two-time, right? Two-time welterweight champion. One-time welterweight one, champion. One-time welter- time I lost it. Okay. <laughs> but he's a Sea Games fighter and a actor. Yeah, yeah. Bro, you're very uh, competitive, I, I think. I... I- I like to think so. Um, in in primary in school when I started, I was a I was a track athlete, and then uh, I did I did I did, I did a lot of running, and I also did high jump. I guess mainly due to my height. <laughs> and then um, as it went on, I started to focus a lot on karate, and and um, and then I moved on to MMA, and then now I'm acting. So <laughs> yeah, you. Were I, a... I really want to do the best that I can everywhere. So I can tell, man, you're a, you're a motivated guy. That's why I like talking to you. You just ooze positive enthusiasm and positive energy and even every time I that's why I wanted to chat with you I know you'd be perfect for the podcast format and you you have that kind of attractive magnetic personality that just oozes positivity wow <laughs> thank you very much man appreciate so it so you competed in the sea games and karate and stuff how many how many years did you do that because uh, Ahmed and I were talking quite a lot um, yesterday on the, the podcast and he was mentioning your competitive karate background and stuff so why don't you lay out a little bit of that for me okay so so uh, I started karate when I was five years old. Um, I was technically forced into karate by my parents. <laughs> I, I did not want anything to do with it, but I had to do it. <laughs> so um, I started karate when I was five. And only when I got, um, I think when I turned 12 or 13, that was when I started to actually like take it seriously. You know, Because um, every day I, I, there was karate classes on Fridays and Sundays, Friday nights after school and Sunday mornings before anything else. Right. Um, and Sunday mornings, there's a lot of cartoons on TV. And as a kid, you <laughs> want to stay home. Right. Hell so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would come up with. Cartoons. Yeah, I would come up with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I would come up with excuses every time. Uh, stomachache, headache, whatever, uh, to skip classes. But um, every time me and my parents would get into a fight and whatever. So 12, 13 years old, I decided, you know, it's twice a week. I'm going to go and I'm gonna you know just forget it and i don't want to fight with my parents every day so once i started going to class um and then you know once you start doing it you just want to do it better because uh, my brother who was at the time uh, he, he's just a year older to me but um he would get all the praise from my coach from my master right like okay good yes shankara very good and yeah. i'm like come on tell me something you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so i'm right kid. here you want that feedback right yeah. you want that positive feedback i do you know yeah, exactly. And um, my, my karate master, he was, a, he was that kind of a person as well. You know, when he says something, it's so, it, it stays in your head, you know. So I really wanted that as well. So I guess at a certain point, I started to really do, do, do a lot better to put a little bit of focus, a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit more into the, the practices. And once, for the first time, I heard him say, yes, good, Devon. I was like, wow, this feels good. <laughs> now you're hooked. And that was when it kind of, yeah, no, and that was when it kind of um, started to build up. And then at 14, I, I, I competed in my first uh, karate tournament. I got a silver medal. I remember that. Um, I remember the final score. It was 3-2 um, Yeah, Whoa. until today. <laughs> you still remember to this day. Yeah, so, and, that's when, yeah man, and, it's, <laughs> and that's when it sort of started to build up. And then at 16 years old, I won my first national karate tournament. That, that was the first time I became national champion. And then... Up until, so from 16 years old until 23 years old, I was, I held the national champion title and I was with the national karate team. Oh, you won so many years in a row. 
Yes, I did. Actually. Damn, son, that's <laughs> impressive as fuck. Hell yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Dude, thank you very awesome. much. Um, so that I took me to 23. Like, Is that when you started training to, MMA? 24 was when I started training MMA. 23 was my last SEA Games. That was the, the, I got two silver medals there. I, after that, I, I sort of, I, I knew I wanted more from fighting. Uh, karate is sport karate at least it's it's uh it's it's point sparring right it's, you're not really getting into it and and yeah that's the striking bit and there's a whole lot more that i wanted to learn and that's when at 24 i started i picked up mma and and once i picked it up i i got into the ring the the the, the, the octagon without training a single day of my life i watched Bro, that's, a few that's that's the I malaysian way that's how malaysians <laughs> yeah <do. laughs> that's how we do it right <laughs> i watched videos online i mean not not tutorial videos or anything just like fight videos right you watch the ufc or one fc videos and um i was like yes i want to go try it and i went in and tried it and i was like you know i'm a i can fight i i've been winning karate fights for my you know my entire life and i go in there i start striking with this guy and it's really good. And, you know, he, he, he's afraid of my striking, whatever not. So he's responding well. But the moment he got me into a lock, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I panicked so bad. Right? I was like, no, I, can, I don't know what to do to get out of this thing. And um, they take you down? I, I, what I lost what the happened? They take yeah. you down? Yeah. So, uh, so you're like, this uh, is illegal. What the fuck are we doing? You're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't know what I could do and could not do. So he, he got a double leg, took me down, and then he got into full mount somehow. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was super easy because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> he got into a full mount and he started um, punching me, but uh, it was a ground and pound. And I didn't know what to do, but I scrambled my, my way out of it. And that's when he got me into a, a headlock. Right? Um, I, I want to say. Uh, I forgot. I forgot. Like the schoolyard headlock, the bully headlock, like the side of your body, like that one. Yeah, some something like that, right? Uh, right. Yeah. And and then and then uh, somehow that transitioned into a rear naked choke, and I couldn't get out of it. I just couldn't get out of it, right? So um, I, I tapped, and and the moment I walked out of the cage, I was like, "Dude, this is it. This yeah. is this is the shit." You know? Hell yeah! <laughs> and, Hell yeah! It's like a superpower, yeah, man. Exactly, and. Exactly, you know, it's 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 this it's this feeling. It's not violent as long as you know what you're doing. The other guy knows what he's doing. It's not violent anymore. It's a it's a sport, and we're playing it, and and it clicked, and that's when I I decided I, I that was what I was gonna do. So you haven't you hadn't had any grappling training at all up to that point. No one had put you in a submission oh. hold or. Like nothing. No, no. I, other than my brother at home, whenever you know, we rest, <laughs> and he just puts me into a submission hold. That's it. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. So then you got bitten by the bug, and you had to. Start. Yeah, the first time you get submitted, that's a that's a transcendental moment. Hey, like when that happens, you're like, oh, this is a thing. Oh shit! It's like, yeah, it's like realizing that you have this huge deficiency in your technique, and typically the response is either. A, I'm never going to do this again, or B, I need to do this every day. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, fighting karate, you know, you, 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 you feel you, you're confident. You know, you, I, I know that when I walk out of the house, I can defend myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I can defend my loved ones and all of that, right? So you, you grow up thinking that, yes, I'm a good fighter, you know? And then that's when you, when you walk into uh, the ring, the, the, the mixed martial arts ring, and then you come out thinking that, yes, I'm a good striker, but there's so much more in a fight game that I do not know. And, and I, I really wanted that. I really wanted to learn everything there was about fighting. And, and that was just great. Man. That feeling was great. 
that was similar to my first experience. I think everybody has that kind of first experience of, <laughs> of getting submitted or, you know, specifically MMA because most people, when they go to MMA, I would say now, or a lot of people have some experience in like one discipline, but then when they see like mixed martial arts and people can start to train multiple disciplines and they feel that it's very eye opening. I remember I started out amateur wrestling in the States. That was my first ever thing. And I was pretty confident about in grappling, right? And then I yeah, remember I had a friend who came over to my house one day, and he was like a yellow belt in jiu-jitsu or something, right? Like he'd done jiu-jitsu for like <laughs> fucking two months or something like that. And so okay. we start wrestling around in the – and I'm way bigger than him, way more explosive because I did amateur wrestling training, right? So I look like a wrestler, yeah. and he just looks like this yeah. shit, you know? <laughs> so uh, I take him down. I get on top of him, and he starts wrapping his legs around my neck. And I'm like, okay, I have him pinned, right? Because his shoulders yeah, are flat yeah. and I'm on top. So in my head, I'm winning. And then yeah, exactly. uh, he, yeah. starts, he starts to throw up now what I know is a triangle choke on me, right? And I'm stuck in this fucking thing. And he holds me there for like four minutes. And he didn't like choke me out or anything, but I could tell that it was close. And he keeps trying to get his foot behind his knee, but I'm, I'm kind of posturing up like that. But my head's going red. And finally, after like three minutes, I just tapped out from sheer exhaustion. He didn't even choke me. But then I was like, that was the first time I realized, oh, you can be on your back and beat somebody. It was just like, yeah, you know, like mind blown. Exactly. And then he told me about the <laughs> UFC and I hadn't heard about it really or anything. And of course I was a wrestler, right? I didn't know anything about the UFC. So then I started watching it and then I see people doing jujitsu and I yeah. see people striking, but there's also wrestling involved in it, which I knew a little bit of. And I was like, from that point on, I was hooked. I did like one more year of wrestling and then stopped. And then I was like, jujitsu, MMA, that was all I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's a very um, important point as well. When, when, when you, when you reach that crossroad, whether you're going to do it or not, it's now it's up to you and in your head, you know, whether it's going to be like, um, I don't want to do that again. That was embarrassing. I, I, I was <laughs> helpless. Or, <laughs> yeah. or, yeah, or it's, um, sh I, shit, I got to do this. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened and I got to learn how to do that. You know, I guess it's that point on where you gonna fall, you know, what you're going to do now, what you're going to pick, what you're going to choose. And that's very important. I think it's very humbling, right? It's very humbling when you first oh. have experience. And uh, dude, when I first went to class, my instructor was a blue belt. He got his purple belt like a year or two later. And, you know, this was in, I started jujitsu in 2005. And when I started like a blue belt or a purple belt, that was like a fucking wizard, man. Like you, nobody could touch them. You would watch them roll and just strangle people. And you'd be like, it was like a superpower that you had to have. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there were no, right? there were no black belts. There was nothing like that. I mean, I'm a black belt yeah. now. And even then, now maybe there's like three or four black belts in the whole state that I grew up in, even to this point. So like the concept of a black belt to me was, was so far beyond what I could even comprehend because I'm watching this blue belt just wreck people. And to me, I'm just like salivating. I wanted it so bad. I was like, I need this power. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, a lot of uh, martial arts, I think are losing that respect, especially I see it happen in karate because um, uh, I know kids uh, who can hurt, who, you know, when you know when how nowadays when kids carry a backpack and the backpack is a lot bigger than the kid itself and you know the kid can't handle it, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, a, <laughs> a lot of kids today. Um, I see this this little little guys in karate uh, and they're all black belts, you know. And I and 
I see them, I watch them, I try, I watch them fight and I see them do their techniques. And it's not up to a level that it was say 10, 20 years ago, because, because today it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more about, um, uh, hey, uh, you pay me the fees, uh, pay me so much, and yeah, you get your black belt or you get your yeah, brown belt or whatever. And a, a lot of that is happening nowadays. And I think it's, 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 it's our responsibility to, make, to, to really make the belts count. I mean, you want, when I, I remember at, a, at one of my BJJ sessions and there was a, um, a blue belt teaching me and I was like, what is this blue belt going to teach me? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm a white belt, but you're just a blue belt because in karate, that means nothing. You know, yeah. you can't teach, you know, so, um, but, but he blew my mind teaching me so much, right. Just, just from just one belt up. And, and I think that you, every, every, every martial art needs to, to, to maintain and to preserve that. Yeah. Well, there's no question that the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt is the Holy grail of all black belts yeah. because, because that one, everybody knows, like the, that's the beautiful thing yeah. about it is that you can, you can trace the lineage going all the way back to the beginning of the sport and the integrity of the belt system is very much intact because the people that go through that grinder and keep training all the way to their black belt, you know, it's like the average amount of time is 10 years. When I see these like you, like these 10 year olds, 12 year olds rocking like a Taekwondo black belt or a karate block black belt. I'm like, man, first of all, it's, it's not reflective of the skill level, but secondly, that belt would mean so much more to them if they were a real master when they got it. Yes. I mean, exactly. Right? You're taking that away from them in a sense, because like, man, a black belt to me means you're a master. You're you're a, you, exactly. I mean, at the very least, you're an expert, right? An expert. And, yeah. You know, yeah. when can a ten-year-old or twelve-year-old be an expert at anything? Like, <laughs> exactly. And at, that's at the very least, like you said, you know, at the very least, an expert at something, an expert, right? And yeah, a ten-year-old is never going to be an expert. I, I, you know, not a normal ten-year-old. <laughs> So are you still, uh, you still training these days? I mean, we're in the Corona days right now, so nobody's doing shit, but are you still managing to, to get some training in? Um, I, I, I really want to, right? Um, every time I try to start, or I mean, martial arts training, other than that gym training, I do it all the time, but martial arts training takes a little bit of, uh, a little bit more discipline, I think. Mm. Um, and no, I have not been doing it very frankly, because every time I want to start, this i have to do this i have to do that i have to go here for a shoot you know so it's all of these things especially with uh, with my last fight with you were there with, with ahmed right um i was shooting in uh in in sabah and i i flew back a week before the fight and i was like yeah i got this i can do it you know after having sh- after having been shooting for say a month or so, so not training at all and coming and thinking that, yeah, I can fight a final fight. I can totally do it. And I lost the belt. I mean, you know, I lost the belt. <laughs> so it's this. So, so then after walking out of the cage, it sort of clicked. I was like, you know what? I have to put a, a real division if I want to do it. If I want to balance both things, I have to, if I want to act, I have to act. And then the next six months is just, you know, just training and fighting. If, you know, you can't take away, I can't take away one month or two months to go and shoot and then come back here and still expect to win a fight. So it's going to take a lot of discipline. So at this point, I've not been training at all, uh, martial arts at all, other than my own stuff, um, keeping myself in, uh, keeping my techniques uh, polished and all of that. But I, t- I really want to get back into the ring, man. That's, that's, that's like the goal. Yeah, see, you're the, you're the competitor type. Like I can hear it when you talk. You, you associate the training almost directly with the competition, whereas I'm, I'm the opposite, right? Like 
competition for me was just something where it was like, I've trained so long. If I didn't compete, I'm just an asshole. Like I had to, you know, I had to see, <laughs> I had to see like what, how the skills would play out in a real fight. I mean, I don't, I don't love fighting or competition or anything like that. For me, it's just a pure examination of my skills in a real situation. So it was like, I was very apart from it. Whereas like you, the training is for the fighting. For me, the training is just, you know, for sort of the lifestyle and the mastery of the craft, because I'm fighting, I can, I can take that shit or leave it, man. Like, I, I don't love getting punched in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing you got to, uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess because I started out so early and I started out fighting so early and it's this, the, the thing that is in me that I, I, I train to fight, right? That's the only relationship that I know at this point. And, but I also realized that at a certain point, and that, that point is coming up on me real fast. <laughs> At a certain point in your life, now? I'm going to just, I'm 30 this year, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dirty 30, <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> I know. So um, I know at a certain point, it's going to be just training to, to, to live a martial artist's life. You know, you know, you know, you know that's, you're not going to be competing at 45 years old. So but you can, there's jujitsu competitions, bro. You can, you can compete in that shit until you're dead. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you're like master seven crazy yeah master seven at like 65 years old <laughs> <laughs> oh, man jiu-jitsu guys are crazy man so when you were I love it. so you compete uh when you were doing the mima finals you were filming pascal is that what it was yes yes um so i think it was during the finals or the semifinals or right after the semifinals when i started filming so um, I had to choose at that point. I still remember I had to choose if I wanted to uh, continue fighting or I wanted to start a career somewhere else uh, and, and, you know, really try and make it in life. I can fight for the rest of my life, no problem. In, um, but I came, it, you, you realize that especially here in Malaysia, if you want to be a fighter and that's all that you do, it's not going to be that easy. It's not, a, it's not a straight, I mean, anyway, it's not, it's not easy anyway, but if you really want to do it, uh, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take really, really uh, a lot out of you. And uh, I, 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 I felt it a little bit um, coming out of the national karate team at 24 years old, at 23 and then at 24 starting MMA. So at 23, when I left the national team, um, I had no income. I had no, uh, place to stay, no, not, no food. I had to find all of this myself. So when I was there, you know, I, I was getting paid. I had a place to stay. Um, I would go downstairs at the cafeteria, eat, and then go training. So that was my whole life, right? Right now, I had to figure everything out on top of finding my own fights, finding my own coach, finding my pla a place to train. All of this is, you know, I had to do everything myself. So um, I did it. I did it to a certain extent. And um, maybe even a little bit successful in MMA, um, in amateur MMA. But um, uh, I decided when, 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 the, when, the, when the role for the movie came about, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put MMA on hold for just a while and try and figure my life out. Because at that point, you know, this is now I'm 28 years old. That was when the movie, I did the movie. I'm 28 years old now. <clears throat> and if I don't have it figured out already, it's going to be really hard, you know, going down, the, going down. So I had to make that decision. And two years later, I'm still here uh, trying to stick to the decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, a couple, a couple things on that. First of all, you fought a great fight. I mean, I know people that thought you won Thank that fight. Much. 
So you and I met. Oh, really, wow. Thank you. You and I, my, my wife thought you won. She was watching it online and everything. Like it was a really, really close fight for not really training. And considering you were filming a movie, you <laughs> made a really good account of yourself, man. That was a great fight. Honestly, I would say thank that's you. the best fight I've ever seen in Malaysia. Ahmed and I were talking yesterday. I wish they would release the footage of that fight, man. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing with, with the footage. Yeah. I Why mean, would you sit on that? The production value it's, was so high. They took was. all the time to go out and film it and make, make a, put it in a nice venue and all that stuff just to sit on the footage. Like content yeah, is king, yeah, I don't especially think right it, now, like release that shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it came out on TV that uh, it was live the, the, on the day that we fought. But other than that, I think they never released it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see that. I'd love to go back and watch that oh. fight. That would be real interesting. <laughs> That would be, man. You guys had a close. You guys had a close <laughs> fight, man. It was it was a really really good fight to watch, and I love the fact that you guys just went out there as friends, like knows. And, but it was funny because Ahmed yeah. yesterday was telling me he's like, yeah, you know, Tevin's so nice, and he was so cool and everything, and and I have to go to a dark place when I fight. So he was like trying to fist bump me, and I'm just like, dude, fuck off, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that so clearly, you know, because Ahmed and I we're, we're pretty close, right? So uh, um, during every so the whole year, right up to right up to leading up to that fight, the final fight, the whole year when we didn't know we were going to fight each other at the end, um, we were fine. We were still training with each other, and um, you know, hug or whatever after fight, okay, okay, let's go get done, okay, whatever, you know. And it was all okay. And when Ahmed found out that we were going to do the finals together, I remember walking to the gym the next day, and Ahmed was all like, "I'm, I ain't talking to you, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and it was the funniest thing, man. And you're just so, like, bro, what the uh, fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was so funny. Um, I asked him something and he was very cold about it, right? He answered me in a really cold manner. And I looked at, uh, I, I want to say, I want to say, Esan, I'm not sure who I looked at. And then he was just like, it's okay. He <laughs> can get a little and bitchy sometimes, I, dude. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when I that's when I noticed. Oh yeah, we're gonna fight. So he's getting in the zone. Shit, I need to get in the zone now, <laughs> but I never did. <laughs> well, he told me on the podcast. He's like, yeah, Tevin was just so nice, and I was trying to like, you know, I was trying to get in the zone and go to my dark place. And he was like, but I felt so bad because Tevin's awesome and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> but I was glad you guys went out there yeah, it and was. just did it, man. It's awesome. I hate the I hate the teammates in jujitsu and sometimes in MMA won't won't compete against each other. And he actually mentioned your karate background being a reason why because you guys compete against each other for your spot like on the national team and it was like that exactly. when i wrestled too you have to wrestle for your spot if somebody else weighs the same and they're better than you like you don't get to wrestle so you have to train to beat your own teammates for a lot of the year you know just to even get your chance to go out and compete against other people so it's very common but in jujitsu they have this thing where they decide they're going to just flip a coin and i'm like why you go and strangle each other six days a week on the mat for hours a day and then you can't go out and do it in the competition like it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ka- ka- but that's true. Karate is a very big reason why um, why I do this because uh, in the national karate team, there there would be in my category at least in my weight category um, that was below eighty four kilograms. There was about two, maybe once in a while three of us, right? And there was a big whiteboard right where the kar- where the head coach would sit. There was a big whiteboard there with a list of all the tournaments, say in the next three or four months, um, and if your name makes it on the board, you know you're doing good, you know? So because, okay, if I, I, okay, for this tournament, I'm going. For the next tournament, this guy is going. Okay, so I'm doing good. Now, what I want to do is I want to be able to go for all the tournaments. And so I'm competing with my friend, my teammate, who, is, who just so happens to be in the same category as I am. So I cannot be holding a grudge with my teammate and, you know, this guy for the whole year. 
Um, and I just want to, all we want to be able to do is go in there, perform as best as we can, help each other, make both, make both fighters better. And then if, the, uh, if you're good enough, you get to, you, your name gets, uh, uh, is on the board. Otherwise, you get to try next year again. And, but that's, that's it. You just have to fight. You, whatever it is, when whoever it is, just once you're, once you're given the opportunity, just have to fight. You know? Did you actually have to like, compete against your teammates for the spot? Or did your coach just kind of know who was the better and then would just pick? Oh, it was a constant com competition. So the, the eight years that I was with the team, it was constantly, sometimes he would go, sometimes I would go, then the next time he would go. There were so many times where both of us, so I would go for a tour tournament and uh, for, for the, that, that certain weight category and he would, the, my, my teammate would be there for the team fight. But at the, at the very last minute, he jumps in and I, I can't fight, you know, because uh, it was a decision by the coaches and, and, the, and, the, and the administration. So that happens a lot. And you just have to suck it up and say, it happened. I was just, I was just not better, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and it's also happened where, um, so, in, so in national tournaments, in Malaysian national tournaments, uh, now we are split up, right? So at the, in the national team, we, all of us come together as one team under the Malaysian team. But now when we're fighting the national championships, we break up, we go back into our clubs or our states, and now we fight again, right, for the national title. And here we fight with each other all the time. We fight against each other all the time. So I fought with uh, um, my teammates, the guys who are in my category, so many times over and over again, for, even for the medal sometimes. And we, we're all fine. We walk out of that fine. And that's very important. Well, you made a you made an interesting transition, man. Uh, you know, I never really talked with you much about this, but I, I used to be an actor too. Did you know that? I actually went to to college no. to be an actor. You didn't know this. You see, I've never. No. <laughs> wow, yeah, you went to college to be an actor. Shit. I went. I went to theater school, bro. I went to theater school. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea, man. Wow, <laughs> yes. this is crazy. <laughs> yes, I I graduated from a school in New York City. It was in Manhattan called AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And uh, okay. you know, we had to do theater classes and singing classes and film and TV classes and all that kind of shit. And you know, so, wow. so I was thought I had it was no idea. Yeah, I kind of went the other way. You know, I started out exactly, doing that, <laughs> and then I kind of realized. You know, for me, I don't know how what your experience was, but for me, it was different because in New York, first of all, you have to audition a lot. And the auditioning process in New York is fucking brutal, right? You'll go to these, uh, sure. what you can call cattle call auditions, right? Where there'll be like, you know, 30 or 40 people there all trying to uh -huh. re-get like one shitty line in some terrible commercial. And it's just like 30 yeah. actors there reading a small line in different ways, you know, for some, from some terrible okay. script. And then you have to go into the, the audition and the casting directors, like looking at you just like you're a piece of meat. And the, the process of acting, I really enjoyed. Like when you actually get to do it, that was really fun. And I, I really enjoyed that. But the process of getting the work was just horrible. And then I had to make a decision like, am I going to do this for 10 years? Am I going to keep going to these auditions and just feeling the constant judging of going to like auditions over and over and over again? Yeah. 10 years to get bit parts. And like, for me, the martial arts community was the coolest community I ever saw. Like those That's people true. were awesome. Those people like to suffer yeah. in their spare time. You know what I mean? There's something awesome yeah. about that. There's something awesome about the accountant or the lawyer or the doctor or the fucking person, the McDonald's worker who in their spare time after doing their 
job that they're probably underpaid for that they don't like goes in and strangles each other for fun. You know what I mean? Every day yeah. or I know <laughs> each other in the face. There's, God, there's just something that's so pure and so amazing about that. And those people, yeah. I could relate to them. And I like made the decision really once I came to Singapore, I was like, okay, I'm just not going to go down that route anymore. I would rather spend my time suffering in a gym than have to suffer these people <laughs> at these fucking acting auditions and these acting coaches. And God, <laughs> I don't know how it is in Malaysia, but a lot of these people are so pretentious and like all they would talk about is like, I didn't get my opportunity. I never got my chance. If I had this person got this and it was unfair and it was just, everything was so entitled. And I was like, I just don't think I can, I can suffer this, this, <laughs> this uh, culture for much longer and be happy in my life. I, you I, did I the think, right move. I think you went martial yeah, arts to acting. That's the move, bro. It's a good move. <laughs> so what was your experience like, man? You made the right transition. <laughs> I mean, I think entitled. <laughs> Thank you. I think entitlement is a very, it's a, it, it's a solid word for, for the, for the case that, you know, what, what I even, what I see sometimes in, um, in the acting world, um, a lot of people just feel entitled to shit that more often than not, you're just not, I mean, you know, everyone is the same. So, uh, entitlement is a big thing is of why I miss the fighting community so much. Okay. But now going to your question, um, for me, so I can imagine in New York, how bad it is. I mean, the, the, the standards of, you know, of New York and say here in KL, Malaysia, it's, it's just completely, so it's, it's so different, right? So for me here, I was absolutely lucky, really, really, really lucky, right? That, so in 2014, I did a movie. So way back when I made, um, I was involved in this Tamil movie uh, that was produced by my karate coach and he really wanted me to, 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 to carry the lead character. And I didn't want to do it at that point. At that time, I was still, you know, very much into karate and I was going to fight and all that. So I was still, you know, in MMA and I didn't want to do it. But um, you can't say no to your coach, right? Kind of. So <laughs> it's that thing where, you know, you have to say yes. Man. Is that why you're doing so, this podcast yes. So I said yes and I did it. <laughs> why are you doing this podcast with me, son of a bitch? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's out there. <laughs> no, dude. Come on. Nah, just messing with you, bro. So, just messing um, with you. Yeah, no, 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 it's, uh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, no, at that time, because it was something completely different from what I usually do. I, I usually fight and maybe every now and then I would take a picture. But other than that, I don't do, you know, anything in front of a camera. I was so super uncomfortable in front of a camera, but I, I just, I, I, I did it, you know, and it was, it was kind of the, um, uh, a very dark three months for me <laughs> because I, it was so much going through my head uh, and you know just trying to complain to trying to live up to their standards and trying to make this movie was very hard for me to do but I did it and the movie came out and it didn't do too well uh, I guess because I was the lead character <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but it came out and and whatever I forgot about it I continued fighting and it, it just so happened that four years later in 2018 like randomly, absolutely randomly, one morning I woke up, someone called me and said, hey, we're making, uh, we're from this production, uh, we're making this movie, uh, would you like to come in and uh, come in for an audition? I was like, um, how did you get my number? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And she was like, oh, we watched this movie, this Tamil movie from, you know, it's called Victory. And um, we watched that movie and 
we think you would be solid. I was like, what, you watched that movie? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I said, okay, I initially agreed to, to meeting up and doing the audition, but I thought, uh, so when it was like on, uh, it was on Saturday and, and I initially, I thought what, what, I, what I thought was she just made a few calls to a ton of people and you know, whoever shows up, shows up and she wouldn't miss me if I didn't show up. That's what I thought. And on Sunday, Sunday, Oh no, sorry. On Saturday, when I was supposed to, to be there for the, for the audition, I wasn't there. She called me up and said, Hey, you're not here. I was like, Oh, you missed you. You, so you, so you really wanted me to be there. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, I'm I, 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 I felt so bad. I said, I'm so sorry. I'll be there. Can I come tomorrow? And then it's like, yeah, yeah, you can come tomorrow, uh, whatever time. So I, I, I go there the next day. I did my best. Um, this was the, that was the first time ever auditioning for anything. Right. Um, I went in there and I, um, I did my best. And I guess, I think about two days later, she called me up and said, hey, you got the role. I was like, I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> you know, number one, the call comes out of the blue. Number two, I get the role. <laughs> so, so, the, so I was just, I, I consider myself super lucky having, having that, for having that to happen at the start. And also for, at the end of the day, the movie turning out to be a, a really good movie you know and the role that i played was also impactful so all of it sort of came together at the end of the day and 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 so i i consider myself really lucky yeah. well man i think it's what you did is you, you did the right thing you don't say no to stuff i mean i start to realize that more and more as i get older get older like when these opportunities come for you even if you think they're shot in the dark just just do them because you never know you years them. down the line how this shit is going to play out you know what i mean you just never know Who's going to see what, who, you know, so you made the right decision. You did the thing, the movie with your karate instructor. And then years later, it ends up paying off for you. And yeah. now this is a career for you. Exactly. And, and, and now I can legit say that uh, it, it is a career, you know, what, what do you do? I'm, I'm kind of an actor right now. You know, that's what I do. I'm involved in the entertainment industry and, and it's, 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 it's a blessing, dude. Dude, it's not only that, but you're the best kind of actor. You're a martial arts actor. <laughs> Bro, everybody loves a, mar a guy who was like a martial artist first and then became an actor. You're like the OG yeah, you know, Malaysian I, martial arts actor, man. Fuck. That's I, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't even think of that until people started telling me that. I was like, dude, there is nobody else. Wow, yeah, man. You know, this is crazy. You're the, you're yeah, the, so that, that's pretty good. The Jackie Chan of Malaysia, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how you didn't go to Bruce Lee. Thank you very much. Nah, <laughs> no disrespect. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing these days, man? Um, I I just actually on the on the sixteenth of March, I just finished filming another movie, and uh, I come I came back I came back to KL on the seventeenth, and on the eighteenth we're all locked down. So we we completed we completed um principal shooting already so right now right so after so for the for the role i remember right before that role i had to i was um my my, my whole my entire body was a mess i felt sick my girlfriend was back and i was like i am not going to be training for the next two months i'm just going to do whatever i want to do right so i wasn't going to the gym at all i was just eating and doing whatever i want to do and then three weeks before principal shooting started uh director was like Hey, Macha, you got to get in shape. Can you do that? I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> three weeks? Are you kidding? Yeah, are you kidding me? Three weeks? And so, um, but I kind of knew that my body was able to, because my body, um, it, it knows exactly what it feels like to be 
fit, you know, to be you know, jacked and, and eight packs or whatever. So my body knows exactly what that feels like. And right now that at that point, I wasn't like super fit. I knew though I could get back there. All I had to do was put in the work mm. and I did. I put in a crazy amount of work to, uh, I, I, for the first time in my life, I did diets. I, 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 I controlled my food and three weeks, man, was all it took. When, when the first day of shooting started, I had to take my shirt off. And I was ready and I was like, wow, this shit paid off, man. <laughs> I, I, I was so excited about that. I was really, it was one of those accomplishments for me. Like, I'm so excited about just, just being able to, to do what I was supposed to do, you know? And, but after that, right after we finished filming and now that um, it's just waiting for things to happen right now, um, people are calling me already with uh, roles or ads and all of that. So that's a really good thing that is already starting out. But um, uh, it's not, a, I think it's, it's a very tough time, especially for freelancers and, peop- and people who are in this industry. It's, it's not, it's, and fighters too. Fighters, man, fighters are suffering, dude. So right now it's just doing absolutely nothing and trying to find, trying to do my own things, um, coming up with my own businesses and all of that. So on, you know, right now is, I think it's the perfect time to do it. So maybe trying to ensure uh, uh, for the next 20 or 30 years, how am I going to live my life? So right now I'm trying to plan that. And other than that, it's just training and push-ups every now and then whenever I want to do it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I remember following your, uh, I remember following your Instagram story when you were getting a little thick there. And then, yeah, a couple of oh, weeks yeah. later, you showed the picture of like, how much weight you lost in three weeks. I was like, damn, man, you were getting a little thick there. What'd your weight get up to? Uh, actually, I, oh, I, I went up to 85, nothing much. I was at 81. I went up to 85 and I'm, I was back down to 81 in three weeks. So I don't have that much of a weight gain. I never do. I usually lose weight, but um, I lose weight in definition. So uh, bec- I guess it's the way I eat. Once I stop training, I, I naturally, I just start kind of reduce my eating as well. It's just that my body doesn't need that much anymore. So that, yeah, I never got that fat. <laughs> That was what good. kind of uh, what kind of roles are you getting cast in? Because I know that dude, uh, when I w- when I went to uh, so I, I graduated from the acting college in New York, and then like a couple years later, I moved to to Saint Lucia, which is a, a Caribbean island, and uh, I got contacted by a casting director there who was doing a it was basically a soap opera, right? Like a a South American telenovela, right? <laughs> and so he he wanted to cast me because okay. basically I had an acting background and he wanted a white dude, right? So he cast me as like this evil <laughs> villain. I always get cast as evil people. And I got cast as like the white uh, rich yeah. villain who was coming to the island to like take all the natural resources and shit like that. And they would always try to put me in these like action scenes and shit like that. So are you getting a lot of the shirtless action scenes? Is that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, so the first one was, um, as in the, okay, the first ever movie was a fight movie. So action, the second movie, which is Pascal, which is the one I just did, Pascal, um, was also an action movie. So, you know, because I can fight a little bit, I guess. So I was in that. And then I did another one where I played the villain uh, that was my first villain ever. That's the I most fun, dude. Playing a villain. That's the most fun. Yeah, really. I love it. You know? Cast me as a bad guy ex- all day. Yeah, you get to ex- <laughs> <laughs> you get to experiment with um, with the different things, and you, it's really up to you how you want to play the villain. Sometimes, you know, the good guy is just the good guy, but the villain has a lot of um, you know. You can be good at times, you can be bad at times, and you can be anything. So, so um, 
when I did that, that was that one that that was that re- that taught me a lot, a lot of um, because also because I was with a with a really really experienced cast as well. That movie is not out yet. It's come. It's supposed to come out this year. So uh, what's that one called? Anytime soon. It's called J Retribucy. So the first one was J Revolucy, which means J Revolution, and the second one is J Retribucy, which is Retribution. So yeah. So are these are these Tamil movies? And there's another one. No, no. The, ever since Pascal, it's all been Malay movies. Okay, okay. So Pascal was Malay. This one is J Retribution. Retribution is Malay, and the one that I just wrapped, just filmed. Um, it's called Pascal Kau. It's a comedy. <laughs> For the first time, I did a comedy. Nice. And um, my role, yeah, my uh, the character that I play is like I said, topless half the time, which is why I had to get in shape. <laughs> Yes. So, so yeah, that's that's the kind of things that we get, you know, the the topless guys or the fit guys or the the guys who can fight. But um, it's okay, I think. It's very fun to do. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you're having fun, flex them while you got them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's thirty. I'm thirty this year. I should flex them while I got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I turned thirty-one, man. Thirty-two at the end of the year. Time starting to slip by. End of the year, you're thirty-two. Yeah, end of the year, I'm thirty-two. Uh, like, but but anyway, did you take the did you take the roles? Did you you did the movie, the one in Saint Lucia? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a full full drama, like a full telenovela. You can find it. <laughs> I showed it. To oh yeah, movie. I can. Awesome, bro. dude. No, no, no. <laughs> you could find it. Bro, it's so embarrassing. Oh my god, because <laughs> it's hey, like it's like South American cheesy ass soap opera. Like, have you ever seen a telenovela? I have back dude. in like you know, oh. I forgot what. Oh, Maria Mercedes. That's the one. I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> bro. They're fucking insane. Yeah, yeah I did. I did really? take the role. It was fun to do, man. You know, it certainly is not going to win anybody any Oscars or <laughs> any shit like that. But that was like my first actual like paid gig after I got out of uh, acting school, which was kind of cool. And I enjoyed the process, man. You know, that's exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah. It's a process. And you now are getting some experience in front of the camera, like. If you keep going down the route, just like anything else, you're going to improve. Do you have an acting coach or anything like that? Did they give you one on set? Uh, no, no. Um, we didn't have an acting coach. Although, um, especially with Pascal and the other movies that I did as well, the cast and the director has always been super hands-on with, you know, with if I have a question and if I don't know how to do a certain line or if I, with my face especially. Uh, because fighting was easy, man. Fighting was, you know, you train your ass off. For, for three months, four months, and then you come jump into a ring and you do whatever it is that you can do, everything that you know how to do, just vomit it all over the mat and, you know, you, you most probably you'll win. But now in acting, I had to do all these stunts, but I also at the same time, I had to maintain a certain facial expression and also a certain level of handsomeness that you have to maintain <laughs> for all of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and on top of that, you have to remember your dialogues. So, so it, it's all it's it's so it was at least you know at the beginning of it it was so stressful for me to to juggle all of this and i couldn't do it all because it was hard and i just wasn't used to it but the guys on set and the directors sometimes they would um i'll just go like hey how do i and i i i don't care i can just ask a question if i really need help i'll just be like hey i don't know how to do this can you help me and every single time i did that every single time i asked for help there was always someone to help me and um that whether it's the more experienced actors or if it was the director or whoever it was 
uh, we, I didn't, so that's why I never had an acting coach, but I had all of these guys who helped me do what, whatever I, I want to do now. And, and, but along the way right now I can sort of, you know, I come up with my own ideas when I'm, even when I'm watching a movie or any movie that I'm watching, you know, and I see something nice, I see something interesting, even if it's a facial expression or whatever, I try and I pause the movie, I turn to my mirror and I try and do the same thing. It's just trying to learn. And it's the same thing as, as fighting was, you know, it's just practice, practice, practice. And you want to be the best that you can be. You don't want to just be another, you know, oh yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got a good body and that's why he's an actor, you know, and uh, when it comes to it, you don't have substance at all. I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, I was a good fighter or whatever, but now I'm doing this. And when I'm doing this, I don't want to be ashamed of it. And I, I really want to be able to do my best. And I want, I want people to say that, hey, you did a very good job in that role. So I really want to learn. And most probably somewhere down the line, I will be getting an acting coach or something like that. But at this point, not yet. I'm I just maybe not up to that level yet. Well, it's, it's different, right? Because that's what I appreciate about martial arts too, is that, you know, martial arts are very direct. Like you want to be better at jujitsu. You want to be better at kickboxing, karate. You go, you train every day. They teach you the techniques and then you, you start to go through the process of refining those techniques down to a level of mastery, right? With yeah, something yeah. like acting, it's, it's, first of all, it's extremely subjective. Everybody wants something slightly different. And secondly, yeah. it's very hard to actually train that skill. I mean, you know, true. even when I was acting, the thing that the, the only real practical advice I ever had was master your lines. Because if you think of like, think of your lines like a jab or something, right? The only way that you can master a jab is by thousands of repetitions. If you go up there and you're still struggling to remember your lines or something like that, it's going to be impossible for you to execute. If those lines are in you and you've internalized them, then you can be free for your self-expression, just like with your jab. If you, your yeah. jab is labored, you haven't put enough effort into your jab or your stand-up, like let's say you're striking whenever you've done it for enough years and your body has mastery over it, then you can release and be free and flow and be artistic and really express yourself differently than everybody else. Right. We all learn how to do a one, two, the same way. But when you've mastered the art of stand up or you're very, very good, then you can put your own style into that one, two, that makes yours different than everybody else's. And it's, I think similar with, with the acting to a certain degree. Once, if you have those lines mastered so that they're totally internalized and you don't have to think, then it can come out in a way that's sort of, uniquely you and you can start to put different spins on it and get a but the the real thing is like anything else discipline and you can take that yeah. martial arts training that you've got in the years and years that you spent understanding the concept of mastering a craft and apply it to fucking anything you know if you just put time into it exactly that is perfect you know so the lines are number the first thing i guess the first thing that you have to to be able to do is the lines but uh taking reference to the last movie that i did when i had where i had to take my shirt off all the time um <laughs> i remember i, I, I like remember in the three, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i remember in the three weeks that i had to prepare for for this for this thing i was constantly in the gym and i was i was so i was I, I knew what i had to do i was in the gym twice a day i also knew in the back of my head that if i do not come out of this um with with what exactly what i want and exactly what the the director is happy with uh, the physique that i'm happy with um every time i have to take out i will i will definitely not lose the role the, the role itself because it's so you know we're going to start shooting already in three weeks but it's going to be that every time I take my shirt off, I'm going to lose a little bit of confidence. Like, oh no, I'm just not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. And so with your mind preoccupied with say, you know, you forgot your lines or just that your mind is so preoccupied with my body. 
what I'm supposed to do. I, I, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do yet. And I guess that will completely affect your, your performance as an actor. You know, you want to be able to perform and be completely free with your expression and emotions. But if you have something in your mind saying that, hey, hey, dude, come on, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. And I'm that kind of a person. If I'm not there yet, it will really nag in my head, right? And, um, and so I knew I had to do all of this fundamental work if I wanted to go there and just be completely free and do whatever that I want to do, especially seeing that this was a, uh, this is a comedy and in a comedy, you're able to be, you're able to, to express yourself a lot more. And I was so excited that I, I, I did all of this homework. I, I read my scripts every day because when I got on set, that was the most amount of fun I've ever had shooting. You know, awesome. I was, I was able, yeah, I was able to do so much, just, just really do whatever I wanted to do, free myself. And if I wanted to make a fool out of myself, make a stupid expression, the director wasn't going to be, you know, he wasn't going to say no. So I could do anything I wanted to do. And I know I did it all well because of all of this discipline and, um, and confidence that martial arts has given me, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's very well put. And it's one of those things, right? Like even in life in general, everybody's willing to take a loss if they knew they did the best that they could and they put the work in, the subsequent work necessary to do the task. Like, you know, if I lose a fight and someone's better than me, but I show up in shape, I put the training in, then it's like, dude, you just got beat that day. Like that shit happens exactly. all the time in life. But if you yeah. go and you show up and you're out of shape and you just signed up for this and then, you know, even though the result may be the same, you know, in your head exactly what happened there. Right. Cause it's losing to someone else is one thing, but losing to yourself, that's the one that fucking sucks. Right. Like when you let yourself down. Because you, you not living up to your potential is is probably the the worst feeling that you can have. I think as an athlete, as a person, as a man, any of that shit, like not living up to your own potential and the expectations that you have for yourself. So if you got everything in order and then you go and you do the damn thing and you make mistakes, then it's all good. Just don't you know, be proud of yourself and the work that you put in and just put the fucking work in. Number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. You know, especially when you see, <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean here, but um, those, those people who, there's that, there's a certain group, a certain faction of people who go into the gym and selfies all day and that's it, you know, you're out of the gym and your whole gym program is not like a solid gym program. I mean, you, you're spending the time to go all the way to the gym and you want to do, you want to make a difference okay, in your life. And, but you go, you end up going there and just telling the world that you're in the gym but not really learning and putting in the work. Um, I guess it comes down to that, you know, where if I'm already here now, what, what do I want to do with it? I'm going to, I'm going to make every second of, of, of the two hours or the one hour that I'm here, I'm going to make it count. Right. And so now if I'm, if I do that at the end of the day, when I get to what I'm supposed to do when I, when I go, go and get on set or get into the ring, wherever it is, I know that I can, whatever I do there is because I, um, I had I had spent all of this time doing trying 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 to make um, that day a successful day, right? And if I don't make it, it's just I'm just not good enough, you know. Like um, in 2013, I lost uh, I I was in the finals of the Sea Games um, in Myanmar, and I lost the fight 1-0 to like the he was like this guy Omar Sharif. Um, Coincidentally, he just posted a picture of me and him of that fight today, like this morning when I woke up. So it's he fresh in your mind. Yes, yeah, so it's fresh in my mind, right? So, um, um, 
I remember I trained for that fight and, and uh, it came up to the finals and this guy was like wrecking through the whole category, right? Everybody he beat was... Um, so in karate, if once you get to eight points, once there's the difference of eight points, um, whatever um, the numbers are, but if there's a difference of eight points, you automatically win the fight. You know, if it's 8-0 or if it's 9-1, whatever it is, you win the fight. And that's what he was doing to the entire category. He was demolishing everybody, right? And comes to the finals and he sees me in the finals and he, he won the fight. He won 1-0. He, he won 1-0. Um, but uh, I, I, I wanted to do a, little, a, a few things differently, a few things, you know. But I knew at the day, on the day when, when I lost that fight, 1-0, I knew I had put everything in it because I tried everything I could. And this guy is like world world ranking guy you know he 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 has been around and he is he has fought um world championships and he has won them before and he's a super experienced fighter a little bit older than i am and uh, i knew that i had done everything but i also knew that the next day there was a there was a, there was a chance that i would fight him again because in the team fight where it's five on five and every um, you go one fighter, one fighter, one fighter, right? So if you get to three fighters and your team won all three guys, you win automatically. But if you don't, you, know, you go up to five fighters, right? And <laughs> I met... So when we were fighting Indonesia in the finals as well, uh, so it was Malaysia against Indonesia, now five on five. And so you have to set up your fighters not knowing how they have set up their fighters, right? Oh, okay. So who goes first, who goes second, who goes third? Now, they're going to do their own thing and you're going to do your own thing. So, it's a lot of strategy involved here, you know, because you know, kind of, sort of, the third fighter is almost always the, the, the guy who's going to carry all that weight. Because if the first two guys lose, the third guy has a lot of pressure. If yeah. the first two guys win, the third guy still has a lot of pressure, you know. <laughs> so, I was the third guy. <laughs> I don't know why. Right? But because I was the third guy, this guy, the same guy that I had lost the day before, I had lost to him. He was the third guy as well. And so it comes up to me now. Now, I am definitely going to fight him. And I remember starting that fight. I, I, I wanted to start that fight completely different of how I had started the previous fight. The previous fight was how I always start my fights, you know, super slow, trying to see what you do and then building around that. So this second fight, I remember I wanted to go in there. I just wanted to beat him. I just wanted to... Uh, you know, shock everything, just like shock the whole thing and then maybe try and win the fight. So, um, I, so at the, I think the first minute of the fight, I scored a kick on his head. So it was 3-0 now. I was like, yes, 3-0. All I have to do is hold this, hold this lead <laughs> and I can win this guy, <laughs> right? And the pressure, I tell you, for everyone outside shouting at you and you in your head knowing the, what you have to do. I mean, everyone outside is like, no, don't do this. Your coach is on the other side saying, dude, 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 dude. I'm like, I'm leading. Don't pressure, don't pressure me. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot going on in that fight. I lost the fight five three, but um, uh, so he he eventually he he was able to score five points against me, which is something I'm super disappointed with until now, uh, up until right now. So um, um, but it's it's it. it Do you think it's because that, you tried to sit on the lead rather than attacking? Mm -hmm. Still, what do you think? What, what was? What do you think was it? It was, it was definitely in the middle of the fight where I lost confidence, right? Mm -hmm. So once I, once I got that three points already, I knew what I was going to do. And I let everything else, everything that was going on around mm -hmm. me, I let that mess with my head because 
the way that I was fighting on that day was completely different from the way that I usually fight. So how I usually fight is, you know, like I said, I start slow and I build up from there. On, uh, and with a fighting style like that, I'm super confident, you know, nobody can mess with my head. But going into that fight, uh, I, I wanted to, because... I, because the way that I usually fight didn't work the day before against this same guy that I'm going to fight now. So I wanted to change everything up, you know. It's, there's no use me bringing the same strategy going in there again and just trying a bit harder. You know, I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to change everything. But having changed everything, when, when this, all of this negative feedback, I let it mess with my head. And then I lost the fight. But I, I'm also happy with the fact that I was able to change. I had enough experience and I had enough training for me to be able to change from one strategy completely to a different strategy all by myself and then go in there and prove that it, at the first fight, I got zero points against him and now I have three points against him. You know, that was my takeaway from that. And, and it, it, it just, you just have to be able to manipulate your own skills like that. Well, I think you're, dude, you're definitely one of the reasons that you're for sure going to be successful in life is, I mean, I've seen you at the gym when you used to come train, whether we were doing jujitsu or Muay Thai, you're, you're an active learner. And that, that is the number one thing, you know, I teach kids and I teach adults and I teach all these things. And the number one thing for, I think, young kids is first of all, learning how to lose. Everybody wants to win. Oh, yeah. Learning how to yeah. lose is the number one and most important skill for any young athlete. I don't care whether you're five years old, whether you're 20 years old. Because nothing sucks worse than a bad loser. There's nothing worse to see than somebody who can't handle an L, right? Because it's yeah. like, dude, the, the whole nature of what you're doing in competition is winning, losing, learning how to lose, and then learn from that loss so that you can improve. The mechanism is built into the structure, right? If you're trying to yeah. compete, nobody's undefeated 100% of the time, ever. So how you learn yeah, to come back from your losses and being a good learner is the number, I would say, Jesus, it's, it's the number one factor for being a successful adult is learning how to lose. And, you know, when you used to come at clinch That's and true. whether we're doing jujitsu, whether we're doing Muay Thai, we're doing MMA, uh, I love watching you train because, you know, even if you and I are rolling, you're, we would roll, you know, you would ask questions. You're very active with learning. You never got upset at anyone. If I put you with younger people, smaller people with the girls, you didn't get mad. You know, sometimes you get higher level people that come in the gym. They don't want to train certain people. They're like, Oh, they're like, they yeah. think they're better than these other people. It's like, dude, you were a fucking movie star, Nima champion, one of like really successful martial artists. And I could put you with Amina, the girls. I could put you with D. I could put you with B. I could put you with anybody. And you're not pissed. You're not angry. You accept the fact that you can both teach them, learn something from them. And you are always a very positive person to train with who would ask questions and never felt or acted like they were superior in any way. And if you can do that, dude, I don't care who you are, you're going to get pretty far in your life. I think that's the number one factor for people being successful in life is being able to accept that and just not, again, not that elitist shit. And you never have any of that, which is why I think a huge part of your personality that people are attracted to. Thanks, man. I, I, and yeah, that, that was instilled, definitely instilled in me uh, growing up in karate. You know, karate, my, my coach was like, he, he used to be, he used to talk to us so much about exactly what martial arts is. Um, before that, going into karate, I was just like, it's, it's fighting, you know, and even up until now, when people come and ask me, hey, why are you fighting? It's so violent. It's not about that. It's about the lessons that we have learned all of these years being in, in a martial art. It's not just now, it's not just my relationship with fighting anymore. It's my relationship with my whole life and how I handle everything around me. Um, 
your, the way you, you the way you want to think about things, the way you want to approach it. If you have a problem, there's absolutely no use if you sit down and go like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, you can throw a fit, no problem. <laughs> People would look at you and like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> or you can just you know go in and say like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's just complete. Let's just let's just blast this shit right now, and we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think everybody needs to learn how to do that. Yeah, how you handle your losses. And, and it's, just, it's just so important, right? Yeah, because you see, I'm sure you've been in these competitions and you see, I mean, I've seen both. The worst one you see is parents who can't handle seeing their kids uh, lose. That's almost yeah. worse than seeing a young kid. Like, you know, if you see a six-year-old, a 10-year-old lose and they, they're, they're grappling with a lot, right? I mean, it's emotional when you lose. Nobody likes to lose. And when you see yeah. a young kid struggling with, you know, this sort of like this self-reflection of I wasn't good enough. And, you know, they put in work still too. So you can kind of relate to that. But when you see like parents do it and you think, mm-hmm. man, you're, you're, you're sending the wrong message to your kids here. Like I, I don't mind yeah. any of my kids ever losing as long as they do it with dignity. But as soon as you see like parents do it, then I'm going to look at that kid. And I just know that that kid's going to be that way throughout their life. If they pick that shit up from their parents, or from their coaches. Exactly. Coaches do the same thing too. Coaches same thing. are so hyper competitive. That like, it's like, okay, like that's all good to a point, but yeah, you know, you can't, you can't live like that. You got to be able to grow out of that shit. And uh, I really like training with you because and every, all the Thank clinch you. people, man, they were all great. Malaysia just in general, like that was yeah. such an amazing group of people. God, I miss everybody from, from shout out to the clinch people out there. I see it behind shout you, bro. Guys. I see that thing behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's right here actually. That's a reflection of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was my first fight ever. So um, when I was try- really trying to get into fighting, right? Uh, sorry, I'm jumping off topic here. No, go uh, for it. When I was, yeah. So, uh, when I first tried to get into fighting, I remember I told you that I went for my first fight without having a coach, without having a gym or anything like that. The main point was because when I left the national karate team, I had like maybe 200 ringgit in my bank account. Okay. And I had no money. I had absolutely no money to go into a, to an MMA gym and pay like, I don't know, a lot of money. I have no idea how much it costs nowadays, but <laughs> pay a lot of money to do this. So I had no, I knew I had no money to do that. And I also knew that all I had to do was go up, go somewhere and, you know, just perform as best as you can. And I guess someday someone will pick you up. You know, it's like, hey, come over to my... I knew how it all worked. So I knew I, there was an opportunity for that to happen. And that was what I had my fingers crossed for. And clinch, they came. They came up, they, they stepped up. And after, after they saw me fight, they were like, hey, you know what? Can you come just train with us? I was like, of course I will come and train with you. That was why I'm doing all this, right? And my first finals ever, when I fought Adrian Tan, that was the banner that they made for me. And it's... I have such an emotional attachment to the banner of my first fight. I have no idea why, <laughs> right? Because it, it was sort of, it was sort of the, that uh, uh, you wanted to do that and you did it. And right now that's the proof that I have that I did it. You know, I mean, what I mean by I did it was, you know, having someone to sponsor, to, to be able to sponsor my training. Have faith and in I, you enough to, to give you that chance and then give you the banner. Yeah. And all, yeah. Exactly. The chance was all. The chance was all that I. The chance was all that I wanted. I just wanted someone to give me that chance, and I knew I could do it. Right. So, yeah. yeah my, <laughs> I love my last banner too. Actually, Ahmed, Ron, and Stephen made my banner for my most recent fight when I fought at SSC, and it's fucking ridiculous, and I love it. It's like a picture of me that they took outside, and I'm kind of like flexing a little bit, 
and there's mm-hmm. like there's like flames going on in the background. It looks like it's made right from a 1980s action movie. They crudely oh, wow. pasted aviators onto my head, and my name is my last name is Leisure, right? L E A S U R E, and they put my yeah. fight name Lucas P in quotation marks Leisure, so yeah. it says Lucas Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's no! got, yeah and it's got a fucking eagle in the background and it says like all american muscle on it it's ridiculous right it's just so over the top <laughs> ridiculous and i fucking was, love it <laughs> was that the goal was that the goal to be ridiculous i mean I, like I, the banner i guess i have no idea i didn't even know <laughs> they, they were doing it. it and then they showed up with this thing and i'm like that's the most ridiculous shit i've ever seen and i love it it was so now I've my never... name is lucas pleasure from this point on all, all american <laughs> muscle <laughs> I have never thought of your name that way. I mean, I knew Lucas. No one had. I never put the P in front of it. (laughs) No one had. I don't know who came up with that. They presented that to me like the day before the fight. And I was like, I'm so happy that you guys did this for me. And I still have it. I want to hang it up at the gym, but it's so ridiculous. I don't know if I can get away with it. (laughs) I I think you can. If it has emotional attachment to it, come on, do it. You have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great, that's a great story, man. It is. It's weird. Those little things that you get that like sense memory to, right? You can almost like, go back to that spot and then how much those oh, yeah. little things mean to you that you would never think that they would mean so much to you later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, even for my karate time, my karate days, I have um, my, my karate belt and my karate gi stored exactly where I want it to be right there, you know, because I cannot find it in me to, to go give it. I want to give it away to the guys who need it more than me now, the guys who are competing right now. I just can't find it in me to take yeah. it and go and give it to these guys, you know, but, uh, so it's, it's, it's small, well, small things. Well, like keep this. that one. If you, if you want to help buy him a new one, you know, keep that one, man. That's for you. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm definitely keeping it. I'm not going to give it away, but <laughs> yeah, I might buy them a new one. That's a good idea. Or a used one, whatever, man. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, keep yours. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's personal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's for me to keep all my life. <laughs> so what's, what's the plan for you moving forward, man? What's, what, what, how do you think uh, this thing's going to work out for you in the next couple of years? What do you see yourself doing? Um, I, I wanted to fight this year. Uh, I got a call last year. Oh my God. I got a call from Karate Combat. <laughs> okay. And that was what I wanted. You know, have you seen Karate Combat? Have you watched their fights? Is that the one where they fight inside like the bowl almost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah with the karate, with the gi pants and the belt, right? And they do like so, sweeps and shit too, right? Like you can kick, you can punch. It's like an MMA gloves, and can't you trip each other and stuff like that too? Yeah. So it's everything karate. It's the whole. It's karate rules. Karate rules. You can also trip and you can do a takedown as well. Um, but I think after the takedown, you have like five seconds to do whatever you want to do, and then you get stood up again. Including so, submissions. Um, no submissions. But striking on no the ground is legal. Striking on the oh, ground okay, is legal, okay. yeah. Yeah, but not in, not in sport karate. Mm. So in karate combat, it is. And they called me up uh, last year, end of last year. And it's like, hey, um, there might be something. Do you want to do it? Because I, I, I put in an application for karate combat, right? I said, hey, I would love to join you guys. And they got back to me. Um, problem is, I was, going, I was supposed to be shooting... Uh, beginning of that year itself, then the next year itself. So all that whole thing fell through. But for the rest of, and, and then I've been wanting to pick it up again and just wanting to go back to fighting again. Um, but things have been coming up and I'm not complaining at all. Things are coming up and, that, and the reason why I keep choosing something else over the fight is because I know what I have to do right now. There's a certain plan in, in place. I know how much of money I want to make and the kind of name that I want to make for myself as well. But um, right now, this year, I have two movies coming out. And um, 
I think I will be shooting another movie this year that may be releasing next year. I'm not very sure yet. But so right now, the movie scene for me is at least it's looking very, uh, very, um, very promising. So I want to be able to do all of this first or rather really accomplish whatever I want to do right here. And then if I have six months, I'm sure I can find six months or maybe four months to slip away and try and pick up a fight somewhere. That's the plan. That's a very rough plan. I don't have a, sort of more, a more detailed plan yet. But right now, as, as it stands right now, I know uh, I just want to fight at least one or two more times to see where, what I can do. And, you know, I, I'm not done, dude. I'm not done. I was, I, 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 <laughs> I, I kind of stopped. I kind of retired a sort of thing with a, with a loss. And this, after the loss, there's so much that goes through my head every day. I'm like, I could have done this part of the fight. I could have done it this way. I could have done it this way. Wow, I could have, oh my God, I could have done it this way, you know? So these ideas keep coming to my head until today. And I want to be able to go out there and, and you know, put to rest all of this once and for all. Like, yeah, okay, I did it all. I really did what I wanted to do. And right now I can, I can focus on, on, on acting and the entertainment stuff. But as it stands right now, I'm going to be in the entertainment industry for as long as I can see. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Dude, you got plenty of time. You, you don't have to, like, you can do, yeah. your, do your acting, do your entertainment now. You got years. Those fights are going to be there. Like, you know, there's always fucking competitions going on. There's always shit that you can do. Yeah, I think I think I think that's what I have to to understand to, to to start to live with. Like, you know what, your your high level competition days are coming to an end. You know, most probably over already. And you can still compete. I can still do a ton of competitions out there. It's just not at the highest level. You know, most probably not. Um, I just have to come to terms with that, and that'll be fine. And that everybody has to come to terms with that one someday. You know, the top fighters in the world they have to someday put on their gloves and say, you know what. I'm done. I have to do something else right now. When this thing that was in my head, once I put my gloves down, what was I going to pick up? Was I, what, what, was I going to just open another gym, become a coach? Or what did I really want to do? And that's actually when I decided to do the movie because I, I wanted to completely branch out. I want to be able to go somewhere else and then come back here because when I used to train at the National Karate Team, I would um, every day while we start training at 6 a.m., and at 9 a.m., I'm off to school. And that was sort of the perfect, uh, um, sort of uh, the perfect, uh, how do I put it? It was perfect for me because it would take my mind away from the fight. I mean, instead of being a fighter, uh, you know, you go, to, you, go, you go for training in the morning, you have the whole afternoon to think about it. You go for training again in the evening, and then you have the whole night to think about it. And then you have you go back in the morning. That was very heavy for me. I, I used to do that, but that was very heavy for my head. So going to training in the morning and then going to school after that, you know, doing whatever science that I, that I was doing, and then going back to training, that was so, uh, for, my, for my mind, for the, for the health of my mind, that was really, really necessary. And that's what I really wanted as well. So... <clears throat> I, I would I want to fight, but I also want to be able to go back at the end of the day and just just do something completely different, entirely different for a while, so that my mind can rest for a second and then go back and you know get new ideas for fighting. So that's very important. That's the balance that I need, and I I guess everybody is different. I'm sure everybody is different, but I found what what was perfect for me, and that was the balance that I liked. Well, you're still you're still young in this whole thing, man. Like, I mean, this whole last two years must have been a complete whirlwind for you in terms of Ooh. like this new career yeah. kind of starting to show itself. And then you, you know, you're trying to transition from an old career into a new one. But, you know, the thing about starting martial arts when you're young, like you were, is that 
that, that shit is in you. It's almost in your DNA. Like you're a competitor, right? There's a part of your life. Yeah. I feel like that you're never going to be able to divorce completely from martial arts from which, which you shouldn't, but you have this new yeah. kind of interesting thing. That's also popping up at the same time and, and you'll find a way to balance it, dude. You know, like a couple years down the road, you'll get a workflow going that sort of starts to make sense. You'll be able to decide how much free time that you want. I'll tell you what you could do, man. You could be a damn good podcaster. That's you okay. could have, <laughs> fuck, Yeah. You'd have a great career in podcasting, man. I'll tell you what, oh, wow. You, you know, this, this thing for me is, I think this yeah. is for me is what flexes those acting muscles that I wasn't using for so many years. Cause I did okay. that for years. That was what I, I mean, from the time that I was 16 till I was 21, that was pretty much all I was doing and still training. And then I didn't do it for years. And I started to get the itch not to like perform, but, for me, this is the perfect medium because I feel like in like a sort of modern society, you miss a lot of this, right? This, like we were yeah. talking about before the podcast, nobody just sits down for an hour, an hour and a half and just yeah. talks human to human. Yeah. Like you're checking your phone. You got this shit going on. You got to go here. You got to go here. You got to go there. And I just miss that human connection of just getting to sit down with somebody, talk to them for an hour, hour and a half, really getting to expand on stuff. Because, you know, if you have a, uh, even a dinner date, like with your friends or your family, you get max like 10 or 20 minutes of direct contact. Yeah. Dude, when was the last time you've done this? You sat down with this long <laughs> and talked to somebody. I, I don't think, yeah, I've never done it. I don't it's think a, so. And I've never even done it with you. Like even when you come yeah, to exactly. Me, this is the most I've ever yeah. got to talk with you and it's fucking awesome. So for me, exactly. this kind of flexes those entertainment muscles a little bit, but I just get to go so much deeper with like who people are like, I just let you talk and then I get to respond and we just get to sit here and kind of bond through fucking zoom. You know what I mean? Zoom. <laughs> and, and bro, you've got a great personality, a lot of charisma. You, you could definitely do, do a podcast. And I think a lot of people would be interested in it. We'll see how this one goes once we post it out there, but I bet you people don't like it. <laughs> I hope so. It's funny that you bring it up because uh, I've been thinking, I've been contemplating uh, opening up my own YouTube channel for a very long time. Oh, you should totally uh, do it, bro. You should yeah, totally And do I it. really want to, but it's, you know, it, procrastination and i am super big on procrastination I procrastinate <laughs> absolutely everything so i guess it's one of those things <laughs> but you know what it, it is it's like even this podcast man so i've been talking about doing this podcast since like 2016 i think oh wow i did a podcast in 2016 it lasted like seven episodes and then i kind of fucked off of it and got lazy and all that kind of stuff and it just sat there in the back of my mind back of my mind for okay. years and I felt the same way. I was like, oh, am I ever going to do this? And eventually, you know, whatever that thing is in your head just snaps and you're like, I'm fucking yeah. doing it now. I don't care yeah. what, the, what the reason is anymore. And if it's sitting there in the back, you'll probably get around to it. You got a lot of stuff going on, but you, you could totally have a, a successful YouTube channel. You're really great in front of the camera. You're awesome to talk to. You could put some martial so arts much. techniques on there that would be sick. Oh, wow. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, be, thanks, man. I would try it. Yeah. And, you know, you could do shit like merchandise and all that kind of stuff. Once you start a YouTube channel or a podcast, like then you can start a merchandise store and start getting some revenue that way. And yeah, dude, you can definitely yeah. make it work. Yeah. I think. And that's dude, and I, the best I, part I, about that is it's on your terms. You get to choose. Exactly. The content. You get to choose what you talk about, what you want your yeah. image to be, what you want your, your sort of digital footprint to be, as opposed to like a movie yeah. where those are great, but you're kind of bringing somebody else's image to life, exactly. which, which is awesome still too. But mm -hmm. when you can do it your own way, that, there's something special about that. Yeah, and if, it, and if it's not working and you notice that it's not working, you have the ability to change, tweak a little bit every way that you, that you, need, that you think needs to be changed and you know, do exactly what you want to do um, and put it out there. Yeah, that's true.
I would do yeah, it. even even like I'm a procrastinator too, dude. Even like once the once the coronavirus stuff started to happen, I I basically I didn't podcast for like three weeks because I didn't know if we were gonna do it. And then I always do it face to face with somebody. I've never done yeah. I did one I did Ahmed yesterday and I did one with Matt Polino previously a couple of days before that. So only this week I started getting back into it. But before that I was just all these excuses in my head, like, well, I can't get anybody here and I'm thinking of all these reasons why I don't need to do the video quality is not as good I don't like you yeah. can just go through the things in your head over and over and over again and then finally I was like fuck it yeah. I don't care if it sucks I don't care what happens I just gotta stay consistent with it or it's I'm not giving it same thing like we were talking about with your fight you think what could have been there's all these reasons not exactly. to do something all, all this psychology you talk yourself reasons why you're not going to do something ultimately even yeah. if even if that happens, the only thing you can really be disappointed in is not doing something. It's better to do something yeah. poorly than not do it at all. Exactly. And, and, and the reasons that come into your head, the reasons that pop into your head, they, they sound super legit, right? At the time, you know, and like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. I cannot do it because of that reason, you know, but it comes down to, you know, if you just, I'm just going to do it. If it fails, it fails. I'm going to try everything that I can, you know, and yeah, that, that's and, true. And always when you think back, like your excuses that you, that inner dialogue that you have with yourself, they're so stupid. It's like, exactly. Yeah. All the reasons. Why did I listen to myself at that time? You know, it made sense then. It doesn't make sense now. (laughs) It's, you know what it is, dude. It's that same voice that happens. Like I try to tell this to people who come to the gym all the time, who are trying to work out, trying to lose weight. That little conversation you have with your inner bitch, like right before you're about to work out where you're thinking of all the reasons why you don't want to work out. Like, Oh, this is going to suck. I could do it. I could do it later. Uh, nah, I'm feeling yeah. a little sore today. Uh, I don't know. I have this thing. Like every time, yeah. I mean, you've been working out for how long? Do you still get that conversation? That shit oh, yeah. never, never yeah. goes away. It never goes it away. It never goes away. Yeah. It's always there. And you, and every day I wake up, I'm like, is, is it going to go away today? No, it's still there. You know, you, up until now, I'm, I still struggle to get out of bed and go start working out because I'm doing it at home now. And I have to come up with my own, my own shit and, you know, makeshift pull up and makeshift whatever. But, you know, it, it comes down to just getting up and doing it. But that nagging thought is always there. It's always going to be like, oh, maybe tomorrow, dude. Not today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll get all these students that are like, oh, I just, when is it going to feel good? I'm like, never. It's never. never going to feel good. <laughs> it's always going to suck. You know, it's like the Buddhists yeah. have one thing right. Existence is suffering. Deal with it. When you go, when you, when you go toward <laughs> the suffering, dude, when you gear your life toward the suffering, that's when you're going to find the good shit. That's where, yeah. that's where it's at, man. You just gotta accept that. You know what I mean? <laughs> true, dude. That's so true, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just never goes, whatever, you, I guess, it, it, what, even if, if, you're doing, if you're doing your own thing or if you're working for somebody else or whatever it is that you're doing, it's always gonna be there, you know? Even if you, if you get the, uh, if, you have, if you're gonna go, like, recently I started cooking as well because there's nothing else to do nowadays. So. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, um, Every night I'm like, uh, oh, dude, you got to go cook. Oh, if you don't cook, you don't have a meal. So, okay, you know, now you have to go cook, you know. But you find, you find that, you find the, um, you find the, 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 not the, once you, like I make chapati, I make a sick chapati. Once I'm rolling the bread, I, I, I find, I find it so therapeutic. And you find certain small things in that whole process that will make you feel nice. And that's just what you got to latch on. That's what I do. I latch on to those things. And, uh, and it sort of helps me with that whole thought process before. Well, one thing that helps me too is I found this to be true, at least for me, is that almost all of the resistance toward something that you want to do only exists leading up to the actual activity itself. Like, for example, oh, yeah. Ahmed, 
Ahmed and I were talking yesterday about fighting, right? When are you the most nervous? Is it when the punches are flying or is it the walk to the cage? Oh, no. The walk to the cage. Yeah. Dude, like, the walk to the cage. Right? It's like when <laughs> yeah. you're actually, like you're, you're bred, right? Like only having the conversation with yourself leading up to the activity is difficult. Once you're in the process of making the bread, once you're in the gym doing the training, like that shit goes away. And when the, the actual yeah. process itself is therapeutic and it starts to feel good. And that's the feeling that you need to appreciate. But getting there, that's where all of the resistance lies. So if you can yeah. just figure out how to navigate yourself from wanting to do something to actually getting there, then the process becomes really, really easy. It's like the fighting, man. Like when the punches are flying, it's, you're not even really scared during the process. But God, leading up to it, you want to fucking kill yourself. You're like, why am I here? This is so stupid. I've made a horrible decision <laughs> with my life. <laughs> we all know it yeah yeah once the punches are flying at you it's almost automatic what's happening because you've been training it your whole life but that walk to the cage you've never trained it before and it's like oh no oh, that's when that inner bitch voice is at its loudest and you're just like go yeah. away please <laughs> yeah i know i know but it's it's a once everything is done once you're done with the fight and you're, the moment you're walking out win or lose it's the greatest feeling ever you know you put you put everything you put your hundred percent then and now you're walking away win or lose whatever you know and you you, you sacrifice something and that's i think the the ultimate thing win or lose you went out there you tried you sacrificed a part of yourself for for that activity and then you can yeah. kind of appreciate what you've done but yeah the, it's getting there is the key if you can get there for most people you'll be fine if you can can consistently get there that's the that's the secret to life yeah that's world champion. <laughs> yeah, that's it, baby. All right, man. Well, I was I, I was gonna try and sneak attack you with Ahmed coming on the call, but he told me he had a meeting. Because I was no. I know, I know we talked about it. supposed yesterday. to be here. I, well, uh, I was gonna we were gonna sneak attack you and just chat for a uh, shit. <laughs> I was I wouldn't have expected it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. I, was, I was like, yeah, come in like, you know, the last I think when three people go on a Zoom call, it limits it to 40 minutes. So I was like, I'll come in near the, near the end of the podcast and the three of us can just sit there and talk shit. And he was really excited about that. But he told me he got called into a work meeting or something like that. So we'll try and set it up uh, another time. Cool. Yeah, maybe. Let's do that. This is fun, man. Fun, right? Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Bro, I'm totally up for it. I'll be It's your not fucking... like I'm doing anything. Absolutely. That's why this is the perfect time. We're all just sitting around doing fuck all anyway. Yeah, exactly. Man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'd love to do one face to face for sure sometime. And for you, bro, Definitely, yeah. open invitation. I, I really enjoyed this. And we'll probably release the podcast in the next couple of days. I'll let you know. Awesome. 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 So um, on YouTube, I'll, I'll just. I'll put it on YouTube. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast. It's on Podbean, all over the place. You can find it somewhere. Cool. Awesome, dude. Awesome. It's been great. Thank you so much. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. This is awesome. I'm so glad we got to sit down and just chat for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never done it, and it's about, it's about time, I think. I hope it wasn't weird that I just messaged you out of the blue, and I was like, so, do you want to just sit down and randomly chat for an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I, because ever since that first one, the one that I posted on my Instagram, I've been, you know, I, I, I've been watching your YouTube videos, and I, I really want to get into it, but it's, it's always that, you know, like you said, the, the thought in your head, like, no, I, I won't text him now. Let him text me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking desperate girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. can you please come on my podcast? Hey, please, can I come? <laughs> well, the thing about those ideas in the back yeah. of your head, dude, the good ones will stay there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody has some shitty ideas and eventually those just kind of disappear. But if you have a good, if you've yeah. been thinking about the YouTube channel and it's a good idea, it will stick in the back of your brain. And then when time's right, you'll pull the trigger on it. Cool. Cool. I will do that, man. Thank you.
All right, man. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up here. Man, I think we did like over an hour and a half. That's good shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. That didn't feel like it at all. I know. Just glimpsed by. We hit the flow state. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah, man. Once, yeah. Once you hit the flow state, the time just passes by. Oh, boom. True. All right, everybody. Let's wrap up here. This is the Stronghold Podcast, episode 21. Thank you, everybody. Good night.